Well, hello once again. This is Arctic Eric, and you're listening to Fika with Arctic Eric. Thanks again, as always, for joining me here at the kitchen table. This is part number six. We're looking at uh, Romans chapter eight out of the New Living Translation. And we're going to pick up today here at verse 31. I know that you have many things on your agenda, and I appreciate you taking these minutes out of your busy schedule to be here with me at the kitchen table. Okay, let's go. Let's start here again, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Now, when these letters were written, they were sent to be read aloud. And uh, I just want to encourage you that in addition to your Bible reading, uh, listening to the Word is of great value as well, particularly the dramatized translations. I happen to like both the New King James Version dramatized and the Bible Experience, the New International Version, quite well done, including, of course, the Living Translations. Okay, here we go now, verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Well, what things is Paul talking about? What are these wonderful, incredible things? Well, he's referring back to chapters 5 through 8. Let's just look at it quickly. In verse 5, we see that we're justified by faith, and therefore we have peace and a right relationship, right standing with God. And that through that, we have entrance into God's sustaining grace in which we stand and rejoice. We read also in chapter 5 that Christ died for us at the right time when we weren't even thinking about him or knowing him. He died in God's perfect time so God could show his love toward us while we were still sinners. Also, we know about that death in Adam, but the life that comes in Jesus Christ. We read in chapter 6 that we're dead to sin, but alive to God, and that we can walk in the newness of life through the power of the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit, that we've been set free to be slaves of sin, to be slaves of God, not to live in neutral, not to live in our own thing, but to be set totally free from the power of sin and shift our loyalty totally and completely to God and his Christ alone. Marvelous, isn't it? We're freed from being law keepers. We're delivered from the law, Paul writes. Why? So that we can serve in the newness of the Spirit, not in the oldness of the letter. Of course, the law still exists, for sure. But it isn't something we're struggling to do or to keep. No, the Spirit in us wants to cause us to be law-abiding, to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, to see his law, his desires, and his commands fulfilled in and through our lives, through the person of the Holy Spirit in us, according to Scripture. We can see that uh, the law, of course, can't save us. No, we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. We're in chapter 8, and we saw in the beginning of the chapter that we're free from that indwelling sin. There's no condemnation to us because we're not going to walk according to the flesh, but we're going to walk according to the Spirit. And that we have sonship. We can cry, Abba, Father, because of the Spirit. 
and that there is a suffering, but the end is quite glorious, and of course, God's everlasting love. So those are some of the things that Paul is referring to when he says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? Continuing in the verse, if God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, that's something we really, really need to think about. Are you aware? Are you living? Are you experiencing that God is for you? He is your heavenly Father. He's greater than the God who created everything. He's more than that in that you're recreated and he becomes your spiritual Abba Father. So this God, this perfect God, this holy God, He's for you. He's for me. He's for us that his good will be accomplished in and through our lives. And how do we know God's good will? Well, we spend time with him in Scripture. And the Holy Spirit will show us all about this God who is for us. So who can be against us? Well, no one can win against us. Any argument that's brought, any thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ will be torn down according to Scripture. That's why you want to renew and transform your mind on the Word of God, so that when these thoughts come, Christ in you by the Spirit through the Word will let you know, no, 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 I'm for you, I'm with you. With you, nothing can stand against you victoriously. Isn't that incredible? Verse 32. Since he, God, did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Well, let's break it down. It says God did not spare his only, his one and only, his son. He didn't spare him. He didn't hold it back. He allowed Christ to fulfill God's call upon his life to die that shameful and painful death of crucifixion on a cross for your sin and for my sin. So if God is willing to do that, if he's willing to give him up for us, won't he also give us everything else, everything that pertains to righteousness and life? Of course he will. He goes on to say here now in verse 33, Who dares to accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? Well, obviously, the accuser of the brethren is going to accuse us, but he is defeated in his accusation as we are aware of what God says about us, who we are in Christ, and who Christ is in us. So when accusation comes, we can resist it with the shield of faith. That's the word of God. No one. Isn't that wonderful? Who? No one. Why? Because God himself, God himself, not you by your works, but God himself has given us right standing with himself. What does that mean, right standing? We're right before God. We are justified before God freely through his grace that comes through Jesus Christ. You have been given. It doesn't say you're going to get it. You have been given. Listen, that moment you believe you became a 100% child of God and God began a transforming work in your life. 
So who will condemn us? No one. For Jesus Christ died for us and was raised to life for us. And who are the us? All who believe. It's available for the whole world, but the ownership comes not just because God has given it, but because it is received, because we believe in our heart what Scripture says. So who's going to condemn you? No one. No one successfully. Not if you have the Word of God. Not if your thoughts have been renewed and transformed by the Word of God so that you can see God's good, perfect, and acceptable will in your life, in your thought life. So Jesus dies for us and he's raised for us. And listen now, verse 34, he, Christ Jesus, is sitting in the highest place of honor. What is that? At the right hand of God, pleading for, praying for, interceding for you and me. Yep. He is praying. He is interceding 24-7. He knows your needs before you do so that you can live in a realm of freedom to pray as the Spirit leads for others. Oh, how marvelous it is. Well, I guess we're not going to finish uh, the chapter. Not on this pass, but this has been part six of Romans chapter eight. We made it through verses 31 to 34, and we'll continue and finish off the chapter next time we meet here at the kitchen table. Thanks again for joining me. May God bless you today. Good day.